We got to kick it. It's like Norman Mailer needs an envelope. Like fat ass mama needs some cantaloupe. Like Walter White needs an isotope. We need to kick it. Like the NSA likes to interlope. Like Billy Crystal, like the guys on soap. Like the mayor of San Diego who likes to grope, yo. We like to kick it. Like Nancy Reagan likes a horoscope. Like Galileo likes a telescope. Like Mrs. Melinda likes my thick tight rope. We like to kick it. Like your pregnant little sister who's got to elope. Like your boy Buster Keaton needs a skinoscope. Like Dr. Marcus Welby needs a stethoscope. We need to kick it. It's like the Cardinals like to meet the Pope. And like the Democrats like to vote for hope. Like cancers rock the Torah trope. We like to kick it. Yo. We live. Here we go. We are now. I would I would check us out. Go back to that. Oh yeah. Go back to the live stream page. That's what I'm gonna do, Moya. We actually have a system here. Alan, episode thirty. But we're ca- we're, we're catching up to the Super Bowl. I well, don't see us, my friend. No? Am I supposed to do something? I think we're live. Maybe they're giving you the commercial first. You know, we have Fuck. a lot of sponsors. We have a lot of people trying to make money off our backs. Let me see. I need to see my uh, there, there we go. Riding our coattails. There we are. It says order food online from Seamless. Yeah, at least we're done with the yogurt. What was that yogurt commercial that kept showing up? You know what they get? (laughs) The problem is is they don't have a robust list of advertisers, so they just repeat the same one at you. I can't imagine it's that successful. Like, I don't even know what brand of yogurt was advertising on our... You don't remember? It's a terrible branding. It wasn't Faye, because it certainly wasn't wasn't uh, Bobby Bobby Flay. Flay. No. (laughs) I'll tell you, the yogurt I'm into right now, as long as we're Siggy, talking yogurt. Siggy? Siggy, yes. That's what Cindy's into, too. Holy shit, that's yeah. so funny that you guessed that's it right off the bat. Yeah, that's pretty good. And right? I'm not like a yogurt guy. Like, I never really liked yogurt. I like it better than I ever did. I'll put it that way. But this stuff is like... That's tequila, though. And I, this, oh. not, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Siggy's yogurt? No, that's not Siggy's. I thought it was the tequila-flavored tequila. Siggy's. No, but it's, it, it's the consistency. It's much more like a pudding than a yogurt. It's thicker. And um, it's very low sugar, very high protein, like like 18 grams of protein in, in a serving and 110 calories. So, Should I be concerned that I only see us on your thing, but I don't see us on, on ours? I would be you know, slightly concerned about that, yeah. Let me do a refresh. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Because I saw us for a moment. The people at Siggy's Yogurt are pissed. They're there like, we oh, are. They're, there we are. Riffing. The S in the background oh, I stands, see. Get rid of this stands for Siggy's. There we are, moi. There we are. And I'm going with full screen, although I guess I can't see. You know what's nice about the major S, too? Tell me. It stands for ski slope, too. It does. It right. stands for everything. <laughs> it does. It's, it's funny. Susan has like a cheerleader, like a bullhorn thing that she has from high school, and it's in blue and white, but it has also the, right. the S on it for her. Yeah. And it's like the same S. I'm like, oh. It stands for air. <laughs> it stands in your for air. Home. It does. In contentment and peace. So it's Cinco de Mayo. Always a big day at Suego. I don't, I don't believe. Didn't we have the Cinco de Mayo ball? Do you think people even mentioned Cinco de Mayo when we were at that age? I don't really recall I don't Cinco remember, de Mayo no. being anything. No. 
You know what else it is? On a Saturday, it's my, the fifth anniversary of my father's death. It is. Your dad died on Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. It's five years How that Bobby died. I know, right? It's Holy crazy. Shit. Half a decade. I know. Can't believe it. I know. Well, here's here's the Bobby Bender. It's a kid, Bobby, man. Hey, he would have loved this podcast. He would have loved the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he would have loved the fight. I don't think that anybody loves the fight. <laughs> well, I, the, the fight fact sucked. that anybody expected anything to me was what the surprise was. Anyone who knows right. boxing, right? I Mayweather averages forty punches around. Mm-hmm. He's one of the lowest punch output people. Which is actually quite shocking that he's the champion that can, can win at that level. He's defensively so good that he doesn't have to do anything right. other than score some points and, in a round. And he's incredibly accurate when he does counter yes. punch. He's, he's accurate. It was a boring fight. You know, I wonder if Floyd isn't hurting his legacy at all by not being more aggressive in fights like this. But when I think that through logically, I'm like, I don't think people 20, 25 years from now are going to give a shit. I think they're going to be like, the guy was 49-0 or 50-0, whatever he retires as, and was the best and beat everybody. And he's you know never what? really even been in a close fight as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. But you know, it's gonna, I, I think you look at someone like yourself or myself that's a boxing fan. Are you ever going to look back when you're a 75-year-old man and go, wow, you know, Hagler Hearns. Right. <laughs> Mayweather, Pacquiao, no. no. It was nothing. There's never been nothing. a great Mayweather fight. Ever. Never been a great Mayweather fight. No. My Donna actually did a decent job against him. But even that fight, you watch it as if it's anybody else, and Mayweather's beating the guy significantly. Mayweather was considerably larger than. I thought so too. Surprisingly so. I didn't didn't think think the size difference would have been that big, but it was. Mm. Yeah. It was a bore. The undercard was a bore. Well, that Ukrainian fighter, Lachemko. Oh, he's a good fighter. That guy's unbelievable. He's He's got some skill. Good on every level. For you know, he's like got amateur skills, like at that level. Mm-hmm. And now as a pro, boy, he's a solid right. fighter. I didn't see what, that pre. What was his amateur fight? Oh, you didn't see the fight. I think Lomachenko is he the one that was like undefeated as an amateur. So I, think he, I think his record was like three hundred and eighty-five and five. Okay, as an some, amateur. some insane <laughs> right. record. And right. then went pro, and he's like five and one. And I guess his one loss came from a fact, the uh, Salido fight, where uh, he was getting fouled constantly. And uh, I'm trying. I feel like I saw that fight. I didn't see it, but yeah. um, you know, I'm not going to miss any more of his fights. I mean, it's funny because I thought like this would be the last. Hurrah for me for boxing. Like I can't imagine there's any pay-per-view fight I would ever want to see after this. There's nothing on the horizon for me. Um, there's something for me. I mean, if Bernard Hopkins was to fight Mayweather, yeah. they put that shit I'll together. I'll tell you what you might get interested in. Well, this guy Lachemko, I'm going to say, is like now okay. if, you, if if this guy comes up and has some. He's good because he's not going to. He's the kind of fighter that will always be on HBO and Showtime. He's not going to be commanding pay-per-view. I don't right. think he's got that kind of charisma. Not yet, right? But um, the fight that you should watch out for that could have meaning that you'll really enjoy, I think, is Deontay Wilder versus Klitschko when that right. happens. Right, You know, that, that could be mm-hmm. an interesting fight. We could have an American heavyweight champion again. Yeah, Deontay Wilder, though. I mean, he's good, but I... He's good. You, he's think, not, he, you think he can give Klitschko a fight? Yeah, I do, because he's got the... He's got... He has the... Um, he's got more length than Klitschko. He's mm-hmm. one of the few people that's ever going to be as tall right. and as long and more athletic. Right. So I think he can stick him and move away from him. But uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think Deontay Wilder's the next great, you know. Right. Is he going to be a the Muhammad Ali dominant fighter? No. So it's we should, sh- it's yeah. a shame that there isn't someone like that. It, and it would have to sort of emanate from the heavyweight division too. You know, you'd have to have this great heavyweight champion, I feel like, to, to bring it back a bit. Yeah, you know? I, I think so. You know, or, or just someone, you know what, Imagine Mayweather was a fighter who fought, who was a brawler, right? And he won like this. You'd love that guy. You'd, I'd, you'd I'd love to see Mayweather in trouble. I'd love to see like there's Nobody's two rounds left in the fight, trouble, and really. he's down, and he's got to score a knockout. Like and I'd love to see because right, right. I think he would be phenomenal in that situation. I think he'd still be the best then. 
But I get the fact that he's he's smart. He's like, you listen, man, I'm 38, 39 years old. Not that he's ever was a, a big guy to trade shots. It's like, why should I do that? He's it's never, like, um, never been a, th- a punch thrower. I mean, he's just a counter puncher. Yeah. That's and his game. You know what? If and I'm the best ever. If I'm him, ever, if I'm yeah. him, like, why should I jeopardize my health? Why should I risk having uh, more of a chance of Alzheimer's like four years from now? It's or extremely being, difficult know. to like Floyd Mayweather. As a, as a casual boxing fan, he's just so obnoxious that... And and when you see him, you don't. Right. If you're a casual fan, you don't appreciate his greatness. So it also you know it's funny. I feel like limits it. I feel like every boxer since Muhammad Ali has tried to be Muhammad Ali the same way. Like every band has tried to be like the Beatles. Like in terms of how they right. will talk, you know, you know, to the public and then to the press. Like you know, all bands have that sort of sarcastic side to them that was sort of started with the Beatles. And I feel like the boxers too. Like everyone's trying to be like. This, you know, uh, very... All right, you even see that guy who was... Um, there was a guy on a prelim card who's one of... Um, oh, one of Mayweather's guys. He's, like, he's horrible well, at it. I it's like, come on. Boner, you, you right? don't, well, Broner, too. Broner's, Broner's like horrible like, at it. Well, Broner, you're like... <laughs> he doesn't even back it up. He's closer. This other guy was not even close to backing up. He's fighting the same way with the chin roll style. Yeah, yeah. But the guy was on one of the... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he lost to like a 37-year-old like recently. Yeah, yeah. he, yeah, he got his ass kicked, basically. Yeah, because yeah. he basically... You can't do that type of style. Right. If you don't do the chin roll correctly. You can't, put, you can't do the chin roll without tucking, <laughs> tucking your chin, chin in. in. Otherwise, yeah, you get right. clipped. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just a, an open target. Right, so well, let's welcome, probably move on from boxing. Welcome, it's probably right. not what everybody's here to speak about. Boxing's a big about. topic on the ski slope. Does, you know, anybody the, on the, the chat, anybody chat, chatting in, giving them Mayweather, yeah, Pacquiao I don't uh, see anybody. rematch predictions? I don't see anybody. We weren't expecting a lot of live viewers tonight. No. You never know. You never know. We love you. We love you all. We would like you to join. I'm going to keep live. And I'm going to look and watch and see what you have to say, but you know. Why don't you kick the chat off? Just say, just say, hello or something like that. Just so hi, people don't Ooh. feel like they're doing something. Hi, I did it with like four exclamation points too, just so people. Excellent, get man. Nothing like an exclamation point to really. I had the pleasure of going to uh, to Jazz Fest, which isn't really jazz. It is jazz oriented, but it's not. I know. Jazz, can they change it to Rock day. Fest? Well, they could change it to anything they want because it's pretty general fest. The lead band on our night mm-hmm. was The Who. Right. That's Jimmy pretty, Cliff. That's pretty jazzy. The Who. Yeah, real jazzy. <laughs> Jimmy Cliff like was jazzing it up. Yeah. And, you know, certainly they have your Robert Craze, so you do get that jazz element. It's not jazz, though. It's no, that's blues. blues. Yeah. And then they have a gospel tent, and they have a 100% jazz tent. They have all that, but... It's everything. It's it's a bit of a shit show, to be perfectly honest. Listen, man, I, I love music, but I don't want to stand, especially when it was like raining and in the mud. Like I don't want to stand well, in the mud behind some drunk guy. Fair in enough, but you know what you can do. I is suck. You can spend the extra. <laughs> you can, no, no. What you do is you you take advantage of the success that you've had, and you pay the hundred dollars extra each day to be Backstage a pass. to be the big chief or whatever they called the it. The big you, chief pass. You get a you get you get a you get a seat that's underneath. You get seats. They're underneath um, uh, an over an overhang, so you're not getting rained on. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a whole row of bathrooms that have no people waiting for you to go in. <laughs> Much more pleasant than it the is. people in mud in the it field. Is. It's funny because I think Jazz Fest has turned into this sort of uh, thing where people it's are of our long. age well, I was go say. to New Orleans. I think right. the people that went to Tulane really kicked it off, and then everyone who's sort Agreed. of into music and the dead yeah. a little bit. I think you're 100 Go, and they think right. it's this groovy, super thing. And it is. I don't, I don't no, say no. But, no well. but it's definitely turned into a, a cultural, semi-cultural event. I think for people, totally has. New Yorkers on the East Coast that are, that to- are cool. It totally has. Cool. And what I what I really drew from it, what I found most fascinating was um, there were some young people. Tulane's right there. There's no doubt there right. were some, te- you know, some 20-somethings and 30-somethings. But Jazz Fest is predominantly 
50-year-old Jews. 50 and 60-year-old <laughs> people to year old that are with drunk and wasted, dancing around, like tripping like they're still at a fucking dead show. And right. It's fun and all, but when you're going to commit that many hours to music, you really kind of actually want it to be music you really love. And I, I don't like feeling like I'm with a bunch of old people. I'm just saying. I mean, I know, I know I'm turning 50, but I don't really want to no, be hanging with I that I know. Crew. It comes with the territory. Like, uh, Susan and I saw Bob Seger in oh. December. I can't Same. imagine what that crowd. It was like was an a, Eagles crowd, right? right exactly. You know, 60s. like we're still like on the younger side of the crowd. Like I'm. Don't you? Like, doesn't it make you feel old? Other people are like no. It does. I'm like no. I don't. I don't want to feel old. I never love that music anyway. I mean, I like much of it, mm-hmm. but it, I wouldn't ever say this is like the sweet spot of what my musical interests are. And I agree. You know, to go see those bands, it's almost depressing. And it does. And it does make me feel old going to a concert and seeing the crowd. Like older Isn't than that me, odd? Makes that me makes feel me old. feel older than when I show up at an Arctic Monkeys concert and it's all and a bunch of 28-year-olds. No, I, I feel so young when I'm there. But I go to these concerts like with all these old people and it makes me feel like I'm one of them and I don't want to feel that way. Well, maybe it's the relativity. You know, if people are older than you, you're like, oh, old people, I don't want to, I want to feel like I'm young. So right. young people, that's, that's great. And, but they're looking at you like maybe the old people who are at the concert are looking at you like, all right, this is cool that I'm here. There's young, groovy people here in their 50s. Well, I don't need to be the guy validating <laughs> it for the other people. I need to be worried about my I own. I've got my own ego. I've got my own ego to worry you. about. I'm I hear you, man. Every man everybody's issues. Yeah. some Darwinian shit going exactly. on. Dude. So, that, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun, and, and it was for Bergie's wedding, for Bergie's bachelor Oh, that's party. perfect, man. That's and yeah, perfect. and it's Bergie's right up that power alley. Yeah, that no, that's his, jazz fest. It's his kind of a thing, be. exactly. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm excited because, well, a couple little things. So um, a couple little things. Bergie's so. getting married. Bergie's an Equinunc guy, so there's relevance. He's like mm-hmm. truly an Equinunc guy, like we were Swago guys. And right. He. Um, He's getting married in Solvang, California, mm-hmm. which is right outside of Santa Barbara. And if anyone saw the movie Sideways, yes, that yes. took place in Solvang. Okay. And just coincidentally, the other day in my gym, Paul Giamatti is one of the members of my boxing gym. Really? The star of, 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 of Paul Sideways. Paul Giamatti's boxing? He's training? He's, he's, he's not doing too much. He doesn't put the gloves on. He's oh. just training with someone. Okay. And I had a nice conversation with him about Solvang. Wow. Yeah, so what did he say? Little, this is nice. Uh, I like that way the movie comes to life with your. Yeah, that's why I said, hey, you're replacing what's said, his name? You know, Who's that actor? The other guy that was in the movie. Oh, with uh, the three names. The, the, you mean the one who was Christopher <laughs> Hayden something? Christopher right? Hayden something. The, right. the guy that was the player? Exactly. Was the guy that was exactly. getting married that was I like, banging I like, every girl he could find. Exactly. Yeah. It's like part two with like Alan Perlstein and Paul Giamatti. So Paul was very nice. I uh, told him two things. First, I went on about Solvang, and he was saying that his crew was there for six weeks. They had a great time. We're going to like it. Cool Mm -hmm. town, lots of bars, lots of fun. So I'm excited for that. And I, uh, you know, gushed with him. And then I (laughs) gushed. Nothing like a Pinot. (laughs) I gushed about my son getting into USC film school. And as I was gushing, I'm like, I didn't really know why I was gushing to him. I don't know what its response <laughs> He's an I actor, is. though. I right. get it. I'm like, oh, an occupational will, you, crossover. will you attach yourself to one of my kids' <laughs> right, projects? Exactly. You, know? you know, he's really, he's, he's up and coming. I think it would do you well to sign exactly. on. Exactly. Like, you know, Burke Perlstein's going to be the next hot writer. So, Jamadi, if you want your career to remain relevant, mm-hmm. I suggest you hook up with my boy. Right? Yeah, totally. So that was cool. And then... Was I, he cool about that? Was he like, Totally oh, couldn't great. have been a nicer guy yeah, in the nice. world. I love hearing that. Yeah, I love yeah. hearing that people very are kind sweet, and Very good. sweet, nice guy. Like, soft-spoken, real nice guy. And then... Uh, Cindy and I were, were sitting eating dinner at one of, at a restaurant that has like an outdoor um, mm-hmm. outdoor seating and uh, who walks by but the, probably the king of podcasts I mean he's one of the top five ten podcasts definitely Mark Marin mm-hmm. and I'm like yo Mark Marin give him the peace sign he's <laughs> like oh 
And I'm like, thumbs up, man, you're good. I thought it was going to bite him, maybe. you know, If he would have stopped, I would have said. You know what's good about shit like that? When it happens instinctually, like you see the guy and you're just like, oh, you don't give it a thought. Because once you start giving the thought, it's like, I'm not going to bother the guy. But if it's like this, like you're in a good mood, you see the guy, you're excited and happens. And it's like, then it's spontaneous and it's good. And I think they pick up on it too. He totally grew with it. It was like natural energy. I gave him like a piece and a thumbs up and he's like all cool. Because if it's contemplative, if it's like, I think that's Mark Maron, should I? I'm going to go up, you know, then it's like, He's like, oh, I don't That's know. how we were when Alan Alda was at the table next to us <laughs> at, at dinner at like a nice restaurant. Yeah, he wasn't, you weren't giving and, and, and I'm telling Burke and Cindy, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to say the line. Like my friend Morty and I saw a movie that starred Hal Linden mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, Alan Alda. And oh, I know which movie guys. you're talking about. I don't um, know the name of it. Where he's an old Jewish guy sitting yeah, in Central Park. Upper East Side, Call whatever. me Schneiderman something or something. like that. And <laughs> Hal Linden and, 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 and Alan Alda are returning home, I guess. They're in the like, back of like a, a, a car, a, 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 a black car. Reflecting on life. And they're like, why didn't you make the move on the ladies? They were open-minded and convivial. <laughs> and Morty and I always crack up at that line because we just saw it together. And I was going to go over. And what was say your it. three amigos line? And you guys always oh, crack up. We a are plethora of oh, pinatas. A plethora so of pinatas. I just had a thing. Would you say <laughs> I have a plethora of pinatas? Movie lines that Morty and Duke laugh at we for have, 800. Well, uh, you certainly need to go to uh, mm. the Fugitive with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you doctored the results <laughs> so that you could bring Provasic. Sorry, I'm spitting all over my mic here. <laughs> no, no worries. Anyway, Morty and I love that one. His Provasic speech mm. at the end. Dr. Sven. I forgot his name. Anyway, let's move along. <laughs> I won't do my so you go into Paul Giamatti's place in Cali. Well, <laughs> actually, speaking of which, if we're going to stay on celebrity shit, mm. so um, Steve Weiss <laughs> is showing us as where <laughs> anything's good when it starts with a Steve Weiss story. Yeah, Tyler especially, Hill. especially when it's preambled by, speaking of celebrity shit. Tyler Hill. So yeah. Steve, Tyler Hill, um, attendee, wasn't a camp lover like we were, though. No. Steve went for a few years. But I love that he went to Tyler Hill. He went, it, does that not make total sense <laughs> that he went to Tyler Hill? Sway guys, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so. Uh, I love him, though. But you know, so Steve, so Steve, um, Steve's son plays baseball, and I always knew he played baseball with um, Drew's son, David Duke. Well, Drew's son oh, too, okay. but David Duchovny and Taya Leone's son. Okay, yeah, they actually Jody and Drew are live in the same apartment building. As, they do as Duchovny. Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess Jason, his son, has become quite friendly with Duchovny's kid, and he's mm-hmm. always over there. And now Steve has become truly friendly with Duchovny. They're texting <laughs> each other, and they're like. He's like, do you want me to have him text you all? I'm like, no, no, no. Yes, I, please. Steve. That's what I want. So Jason says, you know, I uh, I think his mom is dating the guy from Madam Secretary that she's married wait, to. Wait, 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 wait. We say this guy. Who's mom? So Jason says, right. he's over at Taya Leone and David Duchovny's house. It's okay. not Taya Leone's apartment. I guess they're divorced. Okay. And says to, comes right. back and just divorced and uh-huh. says to Steve, Dad, I think Taya Leone's dating the guy she stars with on, on Madam Secretary, <laughs> Tim Daly. Okay. And Steve says, well, how do Remember you know? Remember Wings? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, <laughs> how do you know? What makes you say that? He goes, because like they, they were kissing on the couch. Oh, like, shit. Oh, that'll do it. That's we're like TMZ now. Exactly. Exactly. We're breaking, we're breaking celebrity here, baby. <laughs> so we got a lot of celebrity talk going Tia on. Leone's making out with Tim Daly on the couch. But apparently, they're not only husband and wife on... Madam Secretary is a very good show. I enjoy it. I don't ah. like a lot of that nonsense. 
nonsense, and I happen to like that one. Did you watch Maybe it? Maybe it is. I've never watched it, okay, so I shouldn't. So I shouldn't prepare it. Who am I? Who am I? I'm sure it's. A, I'm sure it's quality. It is quality. Because TV, we've talked about this before. TV. It's a golden era. Of has TV right now. so it's much better than it ever was. Like the shittiest show on TV now is as good as the best show was. Do you like Sons of Anarchy? The guys were going on about. I've that never one. seen I've never it. No, it, but but it's really apparently one of those shows that are really good. You know, well written, well acted. But I've never gotten into it. You know, Bloodline I'm into right now is on I'm Netflix. Sure, it's good. I Fantastic. Mean, there's, so, there's so many shows I could still go back and watch right now that I haven't. You know, we watched. may have talked about this, but like, what doesn't make sense to me from a TV perspective is like back when we were kids, like Rich Man, Poor Man, Roots. <laughs> Remember that nonsense? Like, like, yeah, but it wasn't nonsense. No, it's like it's amazing TV, to me that they right? didn't figure out like doing a serialized television show was sort of the way to go. That it shouldn't just be right, these independent right. episodes. You know, next week has nothing to do with the prior week. That it should be sort of chapters in a book. Well, that, that I just watched. Um, you know, a month or two ago um amazon prime started mm -hmm. you know no, they're yeah streaming. they're producing their own shows now so yeah. they produced a, a harry bosch show who's a, a character in in james Connolly's books mm -hmm. um probably 25 books he's written with the harry bosch character mm -hmm. and i said to cindy after i was done it was great it was like watching that tv show was mm -hmm. like reading a book it was chapter after chapter and I, I really enjoyed it because it was really like a tv it was closer it to simulating a book than a movie is. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you think about the hours it takes to read a book and the speed at which a book goes, right. that's kind of interesting because it actually does take a good 13 hours to read a book. You can't read a book in it. I mean, I'm not that fast of a No, reader, I never... I ne I, there's been a few books that I've sat that I've been compelled to like read in like one or two uh, yeah, sittings. Sessions, you know? that's, that, that's hard to do. That's hard to do. But, but TV series, like I love getting into like a series like this where it's like... You know, Susan and I will watch it like, you know, it's like the 945 to 1045 end of the day, you know, get your mind off of everything else. Yeah, we do the same and thing. Just, and then go to sleep afterwards. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like, it's just perfect. chill out like to some, some. Right. And we were bummed because we're into House of Cards and like that ended. It's like, well, maybe we should check out Bloodline. It's the new Netflix thing. It's like, it's even better. It's like. Even better than House of Cards. I, I you know, I, I like House of Cards. I will watch it. At, you know, I'm certainly eager for the next season. Was it amazing? Ooh. I, don't know. I like it. I really I like, like it. it. It's funny much. because like I was reading reviews of this this season and people were like very disappointed about it. I, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was as fine. Much as the last one, yeah, yeah there was too. no difference in it for me. Me too. But I think this is this is it. This is the way television should be, you know. Yeah. But I almost feel like it's hard because you run out of the thirteen episodes and then it's like you got to wait. And now you're not used right. to waiting. Full year of waiting. They should maybe move towards a different model where they. Well, I guess they're not. No, I, I mean, don't know. I, what I, would happen if they pounded it out every six months? I'd be interested. No, I agree with you. I agree. What would with be you. the downside to that? Well, I think it's funny because I think all entertainment industries somehow get caught up in in the format of the delivery of the content. Like I still feel like we're still living in, in music-wise, we're still living in a world where like the album as a as a as a delivery device of music still governs how people release music. It's still I need nine to twelve tracks of music right. to release right. to the public what it is. Right. It's like, why is you that? You thought like, that was going to break down with the, it uh, didn't. with the coming of digital music where it could be single-based. Yeah, just, you know, you got a good song, release it, you know? Right, right. It but didn't happen. No. And the same thing, I mean, here, it's like, you know, I guess House of Cards, like, or Bloodline, like, you know, just release the episode when it's ready, you know? Like, as soon as it's produced and done, put it out there. I think you want, you'd want to know that there's some kind of consistency to the release of it, wouldn't you? I don't know. I mean, you feel a little weirded out if it's like, oh, tomorrow night. When's the next one? I don't know. We don't know. We just don't weeks. know. Yeah. That's kind of actually a cool idea. Yeah, right. I when mean, is the next one? We'll announce it. Just yeah, stay but, tuned. But you would know in the back of your mind that it's coming to you as soon as possible. You know, Fair that, enough. You know, that it's not like, that could, well, be an, that could be an interesting approach. All right. I don't see any viewers coming online here. I did see David Feldman liking our Facebook thing. Come log on, D. Feld. Where you at? Dave Feldman. 
baby. Dropping some knowledge. No doubt about it. So I had some good news. Sold my fucking company, man. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I meant to meant to mention that. Like, congratulations and miles Thank you, bro. to you. I mean, the thing that sticks out of my mind is I remember, like, even before this is like six or seven years ago at this point, when Entrepreneur Magazine did its yeah. top forty startups yeah, or whatever, top hundred startups. 2004, two, uh, 2004, I and like you were you were in a good like you were still yeah. like 18, 19 in that in that top hundred. Right. But the the best qualifier was they were like, well, how much capital did you right. need to start right. your business? And everyone's like, you know, five hundred thousand million, two million, and you're like zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know the nice thing. Thank you, bro. Thank you, thank you. Look, I Fuck. was, uh, you know, I here's what I believe about success. Give like, it, and and you know just. Well, a success. You know, I'm talking about financial success, which is not the definer of success. But I think to succeed, you have to be smart. You know, you got to know what you're doing, and at least you know within your domain, you need mm -hmm. to have domain expertise. Mm -hmm. You need to be willing to work hard. Sure. Because if you're not willing to right. put put the effort in, you're never going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is timing. I mean, luck, call it luck, call it timing, call right. it call whatever you want to call it. You you have to you know. I was fortunate enough to have established my company before other companies were established. And that's the key. You got to just a little bit of timing that you feel like what you're doing is in the right place at the right time. And, you know, look, you got to be good at it. Right. But um, but here, here's here's another piece that I think you have in spades that maybe not the rest of the world has is 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 a passion for like what you do. And passion somehow gets gets you over you sometimes. But I can remember like sitting with you before this like right, you know right. in the early 90s yeah and just for like it wasn't work to you it was like no, I, you I love this it. sort of exercise it. of of business of thinking up will this work would this work right you know? and right. just sort of it wasn't as if oh this is a task that i need to do and i don't like doing it but i'll do it because this is how i earn I my living i've been fortunate it was never like that I'm, way you know and it's like that and it's so important that that right. be the right. case that you know, when people are like, I want to take time off and, and have a break from work, it's like, really? Like, aren't you going to be stressed that shit's going on? Like, I think everything should be one. I think it should be play and work should sort of be combined, and it's like whatever is happening happens. To be happens. honest with you, I mean, I definitely um, always enjoyed what I do. I still, to this day, I have another company that's in the same general business, and I, I still enjoy it a lot, you know, but I'm not going to lie. I want to sell that company, and I don't really want to work after that. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, but when you say you don't want to work, it's not like I want to shut my brain off and not think yeah. about how Sh to make shutting your brain off and not working are two complete. <laughs> I, those that's, are not, well, that's those the are mutually uh, you know, like exclusive a, uh, items. I, I want to keep my look. What would I do if I didn't work? Whittle wood. <laughs> what would I do? No, we, we said the whittle wood thing. Uh, where, where it's that, like that's an exaggeration. No, what like I really you don't have would to do, work, but you want to. Yeah, for no, the things what, that you're interested in. What I think I would would interest me. I feel like if I was ever to start giving back, so to speak, I would want to do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Like I kind of think that Big Brother stuff is good. There's a lot of fucking people out there that just don't have. And you, you see that woman that got. Um, well, this is an interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. So the woman goes in, grabs her kid out of the. Out of the out of the rioting, oh, the pack Baltimore riot thing, and, and starts smacking him upside the head. First off, I can't believe that there were a couple of very liberal people that started to even comment about her hitting the kid that's in the abusive. head. I mean, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> like, honestly, if your kid's that far out, you do whatever the fuck you have to to 
rein him I, in. I, you know, I, I mean, that was all from the heart. Right. But then you hear about it that It wasn't woman. like she was stabbing him with a screwdriver. Oh, no, she you know? was smacking him upside oh, yeah, the head on. in the most literal sense and, of it. And, and props good. to him because he handled it well, too. He wasn't like sort of like was, pushing yeah. back at his mom. He was accepting it and walking away. Like So I feel like he's sort of like, I feel bad for him in a way because I feel like he was he was disrespected individual. But, you know, props to him for handling it, it so well. I agree well. with you. Okay. I agree with you with that. And. And oh, he, I think uh, I think we that, have our caller. Is that Mitch? All right. Mm-hmm. Hang on a so why don't we pause for a second if we can? I don't think we can. Hang on. Oh. Wait. Hello. Hey, it's Mitch. Mitch, hang on one second. All right. Um, can I call you back at this number in um, in five minutes? Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We can't pause our stream. Oh, we could, but you know, I thought you were on a good roll, so I wanted to hear the end of your thought, and then we'll call sure. Mitch back. Sure. So, uh, well, really, what I was just getting at is that so you hear about this woman, and she's. How can you, you can't question her sincerity. Here's a, here's a, her love for her kids. She's a woman, a single mother, mm-hmm. five kids. I mean, you could question it, but the, the burden's on you to, to, to you know, tell me, like, what was insincere about that. You know what I mean? Uh, but, like, well, just on. frankly, that the lady, she obviously loves her child and wants the best for her kids. She, you, I mean, one would assume. Well, one would assume, right. The presumption is that. Well, I, why, you know, I don't know that. I guess. I mean, is that. but don't you right. really give every mother that general presumption? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, More so her for doing what she exactly, did. Right, exactly. but I can't say, like, oh, she loves her right. kid. She I don't know the know. lady, right. But I, but I envision, <laughs> but there's... I do, all right? Yeah. Well, it's very close. <laughs> all right, she's a little, she's a little temperamental. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just don't care for the her breath is a little off, but <laughs> you know, other than that, she no, comes off like this wonderful. Here's just what I'm getting. I mean, yeah, I, I, like um, this is there's a zillion kids out there like that that have no father. Well, that that is the that's the that critical is the, problem. That is the and if we want to talk about this fucking whole issue, it's all about that's the lack where it of starts. Parenting. It's like there's no family with two parents, a mom and a dad. And I I would have to tell you that I believe that our persistent chase to put people in jail over drugs is part and parcel to all of the problems that exist today you incarcerate all these people there's no father there Mm -hmm. there's a family that's struggling to make her even at fifteen dollars an hour, the thirty-two k a year for five right. kids. What but if the you fuck have, is that going to do for you? But if you have two parents making thirty-two k, seventy thousand exactly. It's a whole different story. And and that's at the root of it's it. The but war of dr- war on drugs, man, is a, the most fucked up society destroying thing because it's unnatural. The, sh- the government should not be in a, in a position to tell you what you can and unless cannot it's ingest. Unless imposing on everybody else, right? Unless you are potentially harming or actually harming another individual by doing. All right, something. let's take a quick break if we can. Is that possible? We, we can. Can we, we can pause? do that? All right. All right, people. All right, we'll be right stay back. Stay with, with us. Mitch Baum. Love you. Are you going to do the, uh, Mitch, are you going to do the intro with uh, the ski slope? I mean, with Alan, the, we're live. Am I blowing this live? Holy shit. The fourth wall's been pulled. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us this evening. We have Mr. Mitch Baum. What's up, Mr. man? Thank you for joining us on the ski slope. Uh, my pleasure. So let's just start with basics. What year were you there? What years did you did you run? I went there from '69 to '79, and then in '82. What were you in '82? I don't. We weren't there in '82. We weren't there. That was the year we missed. Okay. Yeah, '82. Yeah, I was the cadet group leader. You were a group leader. 
Yeah. Wow, you made it all the way. Oh, this will be interesting. That's, so you, so 82 was the yeah. last year, <laughs> and you were a group leader there. That's very interesting. We haven't really spoken to anyone except my brother who's here who was there that last year as well. Yeah, wasn't it one more year? It was one more. It was eighty. Oh, it went, no, it was two more years. It was eighty-three, and Alan and I were counselors that year. Oh, that was. And eight, then there was eighty-four. Okay, okay. Mitch was the year before yeah, we were. But eighty-two counselors. was Sheldon's first year. Right. 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 So, so, wow. So you were like one of the first group leaders under Sheldon. Was there any yeah. sort of oh, like uh, any sort of like preliminaries about you know how to be a group leader from him, or you just showed up and, and winged it? No, what happened was I was looking around and I decided I wanted to go back to Swego that summer right. and found out, and I had heard Dave sold it, so I tracked down Sheldon and um, he, I met with him and he said, well, what job are you looking for? And I said, I want to be a group leader because I figured why not? And he said, well, why should you be a group leader? And I said, well, Nakami is a group leader and he's <laughs> like a year younger than me, so I should be a group leader too. And he Very said, smart okay. logic. I like that. That was sound. <laughs> And that, that was the whole wholesome substance of it. So they had had somebody who was the cadet group leader who had backed out. So they were looking for a group leader. And what did they know? Wow. So how did that, that go for you? Like you, so you had the clipboard with the kids and made sure they got into the bunks okay when they showed up? I don't, I don't think I ever had a clipboard. But I had Gregory <laughs> Peck was in that group. And um, um, I think David Metterick and... And Jason Alpine, and uh, or they no, they were older. Was, was, I'm trying to remember who the kids were that year. Which ones? It was um, Irish, um, Howie Strom. What group were you in 82, year, Mark? Yeah. 82, I was a inter. Oh, Mark okay. Perlstein. Okay, so you Mark Perlstein's here, my brother, and he was an inter that Mitch year. Mitch Baum was group leader of the cadets in 82. Yeah. Right. I'm surprised that there was a cadets that year. Was there that many, enough kids to be doing cadets? Wasn't that cadet? Yeah, that was like the next year is when everything sort of fell off. You know, right. That was the summer, like, Lieberbaum, you know, um, came up there, and Sheldon got in fights with everyone, and the next summer is the summer. The <laughs> camp was pretty populated. There were about um, enough kids to play baseball in the cadets. All right. All right. All right. You got know, 18. Even, you know, the year after when we were there, there were still, I don't know, it felt like 160, 170 kids. It wasn't really short. Started. Short center field started to get eliminated, though, around It there. did. We were just went with the nine players. <laughs> I used to like short center field. That so, Mitch, you did the you did the whole run. You were a Swago lover. You must have been. If yeah. you, if you, well, um, who was your closest friend? Like, who were you? Were you with Klausner? Like, what what age? What group were you with? No, like um, Klausner and Swedlow and um, or like a year older. Lippy was a good friend of mine for a number of years, um, and uh, was in the bunks with Goldstein and Ruben Birnbaum. Stephen Goldstein. Lenny Wall. Yeah. Okay. So you were a second-year senior in 77? I was a second-year senior in 77, okay. color world leader in 77. All right. I think we had a good Kiyuma team that year, didn't we? I think we had a good Kiyuma team. Yeah. Because you had Birnbaum, we had Freddie Roseman. Steve Goldstein. Schechter, I believe. I feel Steve like Schechter. Schechter was on Steve it. Goldstein? As Steve a forward? Goldstein, lefty, lefty shooter. Fred, Freddie Roseman, too. Freddie Roseman wasn't bad. Freddie Roseman was a pretty yeah. good ball player. A maniac, though. <laughs> Worst color world leader I ever had. We walk, we walk really? into, Were you a color world leader with him? No, he was, it was myself, Goldstein, and um, Ostrover versus... Oh, Doug Ostrover. Um, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. Dude, I'm a... Freddy ra- and um, who else was it? It was Freddie. I'm forgetting someone. Ruben Birnbaum and David Rubin. Birnbaum. Freddie Birnbaum and, and David Rubin. Right. That was my, those were my guys. David Rubin. I forgot about We walk too. into the social hall. Color War breaks. And I've had... Like, 76, the Color War leaders were great. Everybody was like, you know, terrific leaders. We walk into the social hall. Freddie Roseman... 
takes his clipboard, again with the clipboard, throws it to the ground and says, when I say shut up, you shut up. It was like, whoa, what's like, what's, up, dude, dude, easy, like that, easy. Like this is your first communication to the team. It's a little harsh. So anyway, did you guys win? Yeah, we won by ah, a I figured. All right, I remember. Yeah, yeah and, and it was funny <laughs> because, like, my, my favorite Freddie Roseman story from Color War was um, after the Apache, um, someone on, on Freddie's team, like, ran from boiling the water up to wherever he'd run, and they didn't take the feather. Mm-hmm. Right. And someone on my team, like, tripped or something stupid. No. So I said, um, and, and Freddie was, like, all wound up, and he said, I'm filing a protest. I remember this. And I said, well, fine, I'm filing, <laughs> filing a, protest. a protest. I remember him being angry saying he's filing a protest. I remember this. With the commission. And he, he was, like, going off. And I said, well, I'm filing a protest, and I don't care. And um, Ruben said, um, it's going to arbitration. Well, if you don't file the protest, will you not file the protest? And I thought about it. I said, no, I'm going to file the protest anyhow. And Freddie just was like, why are you doing that? And Ruben said, because he knows he has a valid protest, and we don't. Uh, I like Ruben's sort of fairness there. He's not really yeah, sort of well, arguing for the team. Happy about it. I'm sure. But that was also the summer where Dave made Ostrover and Ruben lieutenants. Those bad sweaters. Lieutenants. Those bad sweaters. And they, they and were, they were like cool. They gave us the sweaters at the flagpole. Like, I didn't even see Ozzy's and, and Ruben's sweater. They just, like, took them and put them on the ground. And I'm like, what's going on? And he, he said, look at our sweaters. They were and, different? Uh, we weren't sure what to do. So um, They were. They were lieutenants. Um, and he gave them pullovers. Polo gave Ozzy a sweater, sweater. And I don't know who gave um, Ruben a sweater. But the whole week, they wore the right sweaters. Wait, and then me... Dave sent them the, um, the proper sweaters after color war. It was, like, the most bizarre thing. Well, I remember just... there was a lineup. There was a lineup. And they handed them back to Dave. They said, we don't yeah. want these. And they, Really? They during, during, during lineup at night. And they gave back their sweaters. And, and Dave came through and gave Wait, them real Wait, just so ones. I understand. Two of you were regular leaders. And a third was a lieutenant? Yeah, because they were like um, two months younger than than like the cutoff. Dave had in his mind, I forget, we had to be 15 or 16 to be a leader by a certain oh, day. Who knew there were such fucking rules? That, that went out the window. <laughs> yeah. Who knew there were rules? And they were like off by two months. And um, it wasn't under 16. It's not like the tournament. <laughs> you have to be 50. It's in the bylaws of Swago. Yeah, yeah. You have and, to be 15 to be color I, I talked to Dave or about it. The rules, the rules is that Dave, they're not coming back for another year as campers. <laughs> Right. I understand if you're milking it for revenue, but (laughs) yeah, they ain't coming back, Dave. That's funny. I said they're not coming back. I don't understand it. And like Dave walked away, and Rita was there, and Rita said something like, "Well, you know, sometimes the rules are just the rules, Mitchell." (laughs) Rita, Rita was a Zen master when it came to that stuff. She didn't chime in that often. It's, It's not. She didn't really, you know, make her. A little really? Friday night, other, other little Friday Friday night prayer night and something like that. She's like a fortune cookie. I feel like that's the only thing I've ever heard anyone tell me that they interacted with Rita. There was some Rita. No, Rita interacted. I, I disagree. Oh, I, no, I Rita... used to talk to Rita a lot. She was like, if you needed something and, and you went to Rita, it would like She'd be a lot easier. It was like the easiest way of getting something done. I Rita would argue I interacted more with Rita than I did with Dave. Well, Dave, we know, just yelled at you once. No, <laughs> a couple of times, twice, 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 twice he yelled at me. I see, I twice see. he yelled at me. I never really spoke to Dave either or Rita. I, I generally, as a human being, avoid those kinds of conversations. Right, I don't really have anything to do with you. Were you, were you there <laughs> as a waiter? Oh, I, I came, uh, well, Howie was a, a waiter the full year, and I went on a teen tour and joined them the last three weeks of, the, of right, that year. Right, It was an unusual year. Were you a waiter, Mitch? I was the waiter, and I had Dave's table, and I had Ooh. Maury's table. Were you the head waiter? Yes, head waiter. Wow. And I had the table with, I forget who the counselor was, but like Billy Nast was one of the kids. Okay. Okay. 
So I had, I had like those three tables. And, um, you know, I would go, I would sit down after dinner if Dave was still there and we would talk with him for a bit. That's cool. I mean, I guess if you're waiting on him, there's going to be a little bit of a different rapport. Did they tip you? <laughs> um, it's hard to uh-oh, remember. uh-oh. I don't like I'm, the pause. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> he, he, um, I think I got paid $100 extra to be head waiter, but it counted as my tip from them. <laughs> so it actually works make... out negatively. <laughs> so you yeah. lost. Let me, like get, let me get 25 from every parent. And, and tip me. Uh, so uh, it, it wasn't bad. That was actually an incredible summer. That was one of my favorite summers. Uh, you... I, I found the waiter year a little disconcerting. Like not having any structure right. was sort of weird to me. Like you just wander around and do whatever you wanted to do other than making sure you were around to you know, serve the meals. And I found that like great. All right. I mean, I like that in to a degree, but I felt it was a little. It was a. It was, yeah. It had, you know, five or six hours to yourself completely. Who, who were you a waiter with, Mitch? Me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, Freddie came back, and um, I don't think Ruben was there, right? He he sure. left. Um, and I think um, I don't think Ruben did, um, and I don't and I, I don't remember if Goldstein did. But I, I brought a friend from a friend who like lived down the block from me, and then there was someone who was a cousin of one of the campers, um, not Howie Schnertz camp um, cousin. Um, then there were these two guys whose younger siblings were campers, mm-hmm. and their their mother and father were getting married. They were like you know <laughs> they were going to be stepbrothers after the summer. So so I don't remember together. that at all. Wow. A little incestuous yeah. shit going on its way again. Yeah, it, it was a, a weird sort of summer because it wasn't a lot of like like the summer before. You know, Alex was a waiter, and and you know, like all those guys came back. In my year, a lot of the guys didn't come back. Right, it's funny. Uh, yeah. Ozzy, I think, went on a teen tour. Right, and I remember what Ruben did. Um, I think Steve Shelowitz was my waiter that year. Yeah, was I he, remember was he a waiter Steve Shelowitz. I think was the year was the um, a waiter the year before me. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, who was our year? Yeah. I enjoyed the way to year just because it was three weeks at the end. Yeah, no, I, that, that, whole, I, that like, I could see because yeah. that's just a vacation. But exactly. it was a whole summer and you're so used to like, all right, I'm going to play softball now. There's no softball. There's no soccer. There's, there's none no, of nothing. that is there. It's like, right. all right, I'll, you right. Know, I'll go for a swim. And then you took yeah. it. Then you took, what'd you do in the year after that? You just, between um, that. I went to work for a company. My dad got me a job for like two summers and I hated it. Right. Well, actually, wait, the year after that, I was the motorboat driver. Oh, wow. wow. Look this is interesting. I don't remember that. You were the motorboat driver? I was the motorboat driver, and um, I was in um, B1 and 2. Johnny Hartman was, like, in the side room, and um, I think that was the year that, like, Jason Alpine and David Mederick and all that were in my bunk. Okay. All right. And, and Adam Perry. He was well, a good man, Johnny Hartman. Yeah. What was that like being the, like, so you were off the, the grounds pretty much every day? And you and like, I got to tell you, I had a summer, like, doing a waiter, doing absolutely nothing all day. Right. And then, like, off the grounds all day. So, like, the hardest part about being a motorboat driver is if you were at, like, mountaintop too late and you were hungover, you had to turn on the outboard motor. <laughs> and, and, like, driving in a smelly outboard motor. On Lake Huntington lake. or Huntington Lake. What was it called again? Lake Huntington. Lake Huntington. Lake so, Huntington. so you're not only the driver of the car, you're the driver of the boat. Yeah. Oh. And it probably was like, I remember. I guess, I guess they would go hand in hand. I remember when we, you know, my years, Dave Baker was my counselor and he was the ski instructor. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. And I did it a lot that year. And, and I just remember that there's always a specific crew of kids that wants to be water skiing. Lots and mm-hmm. lots and lots. It's like you probably saw the same kids over and over again, the ones that really loved it. 
But it was such yeah, a... Yeah, I had two kids. I had kids who wanted to go water skiing and kids who wanted to stop in the store and buy candy. Right. 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 There's some horseback riding kids, too. Yeah. This, uh, Mark Perlstein, ladies and gentlemen. He shook, he raised <laughs> his raising, hand. raising his hand. Like if I, Alan, if I had to name who was our group, and it wasn't somebody that maybe went through the whole way, but if you had to name one guy in our group who was the water ski kid, who was it? In our group? In our group. Well, I did it for a bunch. I did it for a couple years, but I wouldn't call myself not the you. water ski not guy. You. Steve Kurzweil. Oh, Steve Kurzweil, right? The lefty. Uh, yeah, with yeah. the yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Steve Kurzweil. <laughs> I haven't thought about him either. He had there a brother go. too. He's I the think. water Didn't ski. Didn't he have an older brother? I think he may have for one year, but um, I don't know. Does that name, uh, Mitch? Does that ring a bell? The Kurzweil last name. Yeah. Did you know a guy named Steve Lapper? Yeah, Steve Lapper was like, the, wasn't he like the same year as like Gary Gropper and, and those guys? It's very possible. Like I was introduced to the guy like in business and I'm playing golf with him. This is years ago. And I just, I'm like, you went to Swago? I'm like, yeah, I feel like I, this name Steve Lapper rung a bell. You see it in graffiti and it's just, and it's it's just with odd. You. Yeah, it's just <laughs> odd. And I, I didn't know him at all. So I'm, I, I was just curious if he was on your, you know, well, Gropper is, where was Gropper relative to you in terms of years? Let's see. I think Gropper and Lapper were either inters or seniors when I was a junior. Okay, yeah. They, I thought they were a few years ahead of you. Yeah, okay. That all makes sense. Yeah, because they were on senior row when I was a junior. I'll tell you, summer's coming on, not to just be nostalgic, but man, did <laughs> but I... But we are doing a podcast about our camp that's defunct oh, for man. 35 years. Do you just remember how, how great you felt those, you know, when you were there, of course, but those days leading into the... Knowing you were going. And the, when school ended? School like that, ended that week or eight days be- after and, school, uh, before camp, was the best. All like good, positive anticipation. What was it, like, what was it for yeah. you? Just the same freedom like everyone else? Just this idea of roaming around with just a bunch of other kids? Like, is it, was it the same experience? It was experience? like roaming around with a bunch of other kids. And it was um, like that whole freedom and being on your own, but not really being on your own. Right. And you know, if you think about it, that whole place was set up for kids to have fun. Like, right. And have basically. you have you guys been back there? Well, we yes. go. Our crew goes on a um, on a on a we call it a canoe trip, but we basically go on the Delaware camp out, little canoeing. We do end up at Swago the vast majority of the years and check it out. And we've so we've seen it a lot. Over, we go almost every every year actually, and we've seen it a lot over the over the years. It's still as beautiful I was back, I guess, like two, maybe either two or three years ago. Um, my son was up there, and I had to pick him up. And we went to Swago. We had um, lunch with Mary um, Lupo. Oh, nice. She's great. Nice. She's the best. And then, you know, we had hey, um, Mary Lupo. Spoken, spoken to, like, the new owners, and we wandered around the campground. As an adult, wasn't it a lot smaller than you remember it? No. I thought I, yeah, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel that. And maybe because it was, like, now when you go up there, it's I all felt it was grown right in. Sized, right. Actually. It was exactly as yeah, I remembered it. Yeah. You felt it was small. I'll tell you, the thing that did feel like, small like, was like the like, fields, uh, like the, the some of the, like baseball, the baseball fields. Field, if right. you had asked me, I would have said it was a full size field. Right, and even if you went and looked at the one that was next to what was the one that was like um, Diamond Two, the big one that was Diamond where the one. horse thing used to be. Diamond, like, Diamond okay. One next to Dave's house. Next to Dave's house, that one really wasn't that huge of a shot into left field. And you went and looked at what was no. the Polo Grounds I, on I, the left. I, one? I think it was. I'd nah, you that. go look at it now. It's uh, not, not huge. Yeah. I mean, That's a good it's shot. Like when though. son was playing little league, and and you know, I guess he was about fourteen, and they were playing on a full size field. And then you go look at this field, and, and you, <laughs> you have memories of it being like so huge, and it's like that's not so big. Oh, all right. Although I will say, like center field, the way the, there's a, a decline, and if you hit it the right way, and the and the ball just starts to roll down the hill into the stables, 
That was the best yeah. shot you could hit, right? Oh, yeah. You mean to the, to the right field? No, into center, center field. Center field, field where right. it sort of sloped down. Sloped down, down like, to well, Sagamore. I'll take that. Yep. It was going towards... Hey, my favorite hit I ever had in baseball was it was um, color war. We were down by like one, and there were two outs. It was last inning. I like this. And there was a guy on like second and third, and um, I guess, um, who was the youngest? Brian Broad? Oh, we don't know. We've, we've, we've had this discussion. No, no, no. We've screwed up wait, 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 what Paul, was the question? Paul and Brian, which is the younger broad. Know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's like, whoever's the youngest. So he's like the coach, and he just comes Susie. up to me and goes, well, you're a color Up to you. And I just hit it, and I think um, Kurzweil or something was the name of the kid in center field, and it went just over his head. Big Kurzweil. Okay. Upset. Yeah. And... Um, Brought the man home. Best hit I ever had. It was, it was like the most clutch hit I ever had in baseball. I hear, man. I had I had a senior A like soccer, my first year senior, year and, goal, and scored right. scored the winning goal. You did score the winning like, goal. I hear, like like to have that one moment at Swago where it's just like, oh my god, like the whole team is watching. It's fantastic. For me, my whole Swago existence was you know, built listening. on the premise that I was going to be the best <laughs> basketball player. So if anything, there's no I upside. Was, it was now. always a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? You only scored thirty six. Yeah, Son exactly. So, you know, I don't remember you as an athlete, Mitch. I, I, I'd say I wasn't much of an athlete. I remember you as an arts and crafts person. Does that make any sense, or is that an insult? Um, no, I used nature, to nature. Bit, but I, also, I just really hung out wherever. Um, and, and um, you know, probably spent a lot of time sleeping on the ski slope. Nice. So, like, and now you're hanging on the ski slope with us. It all comes back. It was, it was, it was just fun. And, and um, you know, I, I played well enough and where I just had a good time. But I thought that was really critical to the experience for the vast majority of people who went to Swago. There weren't a ton of great athletes. There was a bunch of athletes, but Everybody's every, it was a place good. where you're anyone could just... Out. Yeah, like, if, you're, if you're a good athlete, then you're really good. But if you're average, you're if average. You're average. But if you're average, you can make a mark. You can yeah. have that winning... You can have that, you can have that, that goal. winning hit, that goal. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was a beautiful thing, I thought. That, Absolutely. Totally. And it's, it's um, but you know, I just played well enough where, and I, I guess I was thick or, or didn't care enough, but I just enjoyed it. That's awesome. I guess that was the whole point, right? Yeah. Mitch, I remember hanging out with you, and I don't know if it was like my Eagle year or my Ranger year, but um, were you closer with Mike Moss or Jimmy Becker on the council? Mike Moss. Okay, so it must have been my Ranger year, but I remember you hanging out in our bunk a, b- a bunch, like sort of during rest hour and stuff, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed your company. I always thought you were very witty and sort of, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, enjoy, my, my enjoyed it. Would have been, um, I'm trying to think. Would have been the year I was the motorboat driver. I think. Okay. This was. This and, would be like seven. Um, he had the same day off I did, and he had a car, and like we knew each other, so we'd like go into town and hang out. All right. Yeah, he was my he was my counselor for uh, three straight years. It was a good. That was a good thing to have. Yeah, I really like Moss. Yeah, everybody does. He was my counselor for one year, and I have to say that that led to I feel a bond with the, the person. Right, he almost embodied yeah. Swago, you know, whatever the the energy of Swago would, you'd, you know, personify it. Like I feel like Moss was sort of the guy that you had to nominate somebody. Although, you know what? I'll give Ricky Friedman some 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 power mm-hmm. on that too, because he was on the on the athletic end. Don't and just stop believing. Guy. Don't stop believing too. Like he's he's there too. So those are my two those are my two nominees. Mark was, Ri- was Ricky guys. Friedman one of your counselors or head count? He was your head counselor, your group leader, wasn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, go and, back. And Ricky, go back to what you were doing. Waiter, like the, the the year I was um, a waiter, Ricky was up there and he had a car, and we had the same day off. Nice. <laughs> Look at you spotting the guys with the cars. Moss has got well, one. Ricky's got like, one. It it, it kind of worked out that way. The year <laughs> I was, wait, the year I was a motorboat driver. It must have been when. It, 
You didn't have a car and you were the motorboat driver? I almost on my days off with the guy that taught water skiing. What's his name? Michael Beal, I think. I don't know that name. That's Michael Beal? Michael Beal? Yeah. Sorry. Blonde bread. I don't, I don't remember that person. Yeah. But it, it was, you know, I got to say, even just like going and hanging out in Skinner's Falls and sleeping and drinking beer all day was a nice thing to do. Yeah. We used to love that. We council year was a fun year where you were we were a little where you, you might have been disappointed in waiter year. I like the council year. I love I loved council, council year. year. We like, had a we had a great it was time. A, it was somehow separate. It wasn't like it sort of runs consecutively with the camper stuff. It was a different experience in, in part because Sheldon was the owner, but I think in greater part because you're a counselor. But what a fantastic summer. I really I love love fun it. days oh, of those eight days or whatever brilliant. six days. That may have been the best year of all when it comes down in to it. In a lot of ways it you was. Know? It was very different, but it was so much fun because we had our crew there. It was me, you, Jacobs, Jacobs and Feldman. Jacobs and Feldman. Well, yeah. the same day off. They were range of counselors. Yeah. We were Eagle counselors. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, and, and, and it's sort of like, you know, when you were a kid, you sort of look up to, your, like, the, the, the color leaders and the group leaders and the counselors, and then, like, you get old and you become one of them. It's, it's great. Right. It's, you know. It was, it was really cool. It's very ritualistic, you know, and it's almost like tribal in its ceremonies and rituals that you, that you engage in. Like, to be... And I, and I started like at 12, but even then it was like, wow, to, to be able to wear a color world leader during any uh, part of senior A was this like honor, you know, like you, yeah. you got to put it on. So what if it's acrylic? It's, it's still, you know, it's what it represents. It was the worst material ever. <laughs> it really was. It but was like I love that. Thick, I love that it was, it was thick acrylic. because it's it still it's terrible. the best piece of apparel you could have ever owned. Do you still have it? I think yeah. I don't mine's, have mine. mine I sent mine to the dry cleaners last year. You have yours, Mitch? Somewhere. You do? You have, your, you have yours, you have right? sweater, Mitch? Yeah, I, I have the sweater. Nice. I haven't seen it in years, but like I know what closet it's in. You don't get rid of it, right? You don't throw it out. Somehow it didn't make it with our moves. <laughs> the Pearlstein moves. My brother's nodding. Really, really. The sweater got got. You lost yours lost. too. Both Pearlstein's sweaterless. I blame my parents. Shocking. Shocking. Certain disrespect. Yeah. Where do you live now, Mitch? Where are we speaking to? Um, I'm still in my office, but I live in Marlboro, New Jersey. <laughs> oh. So Great commute. Midtown, You're in Midtown. Where are you in Midtown? Yeah. What street? Um, like one, one, two buildings north of Grand Central. Oh, very nice. Very nice. How's Jersey Transit working for you? Jersey Transit sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why are you a fast? I love it, your it, shit, man. That thing about the clouds the other day, where you're like, "Here's my train, and here's my the clouds moving in, in you know in fast motion." I'm like, all right. I thought you have a fast train to Marlboro, yeah. like to like to that area. No, it's, it's, I usually take the bus. But it's it's and it's usually fine. There's a bus lane. You get on it. You, you, it's an easier trip than when I lived in Park Slope, because you get on the bus, you go to sleep, and nobody mugs you. Okay, fair enough. And you're there. But like once in a while, somebody does something stupid on the New Jersey Turnpike, and you sit there for two hours. Well, that's the thing. The bus for me, I would always be like, I can be on a track that presumably is going to move directly on a train, and I'm going to get there, or I could go on the bus where all those random events could. Come mm -hmm. in place. Right, right. And it always makes me opt towards the train, but I get it. Yeah, I but get the bus it. runs every five minutes and the train runs every half hour. Got it. And I'm just like not organized and disciplined enough to say, oh, I'm going to get on the seven o'clock train. I hear you. I hear you. Should be an app for that, right? That can direct you to do the bed, like a ways for like which mode of public transportation should I take? Yeah. There's two choices. <laughs> <laughs> it's the train or the bus. <laughs> yeah, so let the, I need I need some algorithm to decide that for me though. I don't care. It's too that's you know one choice too many. <laughs> I just I, I get on, I go to sleep, and you know it's funny because I've gotten on, I've gone to sleep, 
and I've walked and I've walked in my office and it looks like everyone's really busy and I look at my watch and it's like ten thirty. I just sleep. I don't know. <laughs> do you do you um, do you have children? Do they go to camp? Um, um I have three kids. Um and um they never really went to camp. Well, my, my older son was into Boy Scouts for a while, and he would go to, like, TMR, okay. which was, um, like, down near Narrowsburg. Okay. What is that, um, like a Boy, Scout, a Boy Scout camp? That's the Boy Scout camp. Okay. Um, but, um, and then I have um, two 15-year-olds, as of Sunday 15. And my daughter, like, you know, goes to, like, local acting and singing camps because she loves that stuff. And my other son has autism, so he goes to, like, special needs camps and stuff. Right, right. So, you know, I always thought, like, if they didn't go to Swago, they'd go to, like, one of the other camps. Yeah. But um, my older son really didn't want to. You know, he he liked the Boy Scouts. He really liked kids with it for a couple of years, a bunch of years. Um, And uh, so... It seems yep. that's the yeah. it's a, I was go ahead, just going to my son went to Equinoc, you know, I thought he'd go to the, one of the camps and he didn't like it and he went off to another camp. He's more into screenwriting and, and film stuff now. He's going off to college. So, it's just different world now. My, my you know, my son didn't care for it. He looks back on his teen tours as being more fun than his camp experience. What about yeah, what about I, your, I look yeah. back at, at camp. It's it's okay. When I was a waiter, um, a lot of the days like with downtime there were these two old surfboards there that were made of, of, um, of fiberglass, not the styrofoam ones, but the fiberglass ones. Okay. And um, I would just, like, in the afternoon, take one of the surfboards out, lie down on top of it, <laughs> and go to sleep and float around the lake. <laughs> How great right. is that? Nobody? Nobody? Um, nobody, but a life jacket. All right, All right um, life jacket. But you didn't have you to know, put... had to have a life belt on. Did you have to put the life jacket on, or it could just had to be on the board with you? I mean, I'd have a life belt on. Oh, okay. Which, All like, right. Who cares? John Hartman, man. And um, and it was just like the nicest thing. Like, if I'm in a meeting and like everyone's getting all wacky, I just like, you know, okay. You go back there. I'm on the lake <laughs> on that surfboard, chilling out. That's your uh, that's your I special that. place, huh? Nice. Yeah. That lake is so beautiful, and it's so interesting to have Mary Lupo has become like co-opted into the Swago family, which to some extent. How lucky are we that, good, she, yeah. that, that some woman would like move exactly. onto the lake and then be so interested in what Swago was and then interact with us and make this whole thing happen? Like she's right. Like you'd usually expect them to like resent those kids right. on the lake. No, and I, she I, just is excited about it. She and needs wants a color sweater. About it. She, she needs does. a green and a white. She's I, an avid ski yeah. slope <laughs> listener. So Mary, hats off to you. All right, and we're gonna get you on too. We're so. gonna be up there. Mm-hmm. We're coming. We're yeah, coming for she, you, she's Mary. The, the greatest person. She makes. You, I said to her, Mary, I feel so bad for you. You know, you, you bought a quiet house by the lake and you inherited 400 you know, relatives. Mm. Friends, right? I know. I and, think and she, she probably said, loves no, it. No, I sought you guys out. I was always, like, so curious. Yeah, like, exactly. She could have stayed far away like every other person on the other eight or nine houses. You see, this, is, are on, this right? is where, like, sort of the technology of social media, I think, is, like, such a plus. Because there's no way 30 years ago had that happened. Right, we could have Mary Lupo and the yeah. Swago alumni, Sputona alumni, would have this reciprocal relationship that's you know, so positive and brings, I'm sure as much good as she brings us, we bring to her. And it's like, you know, that, that no would have happened. About it. No you know, we're so it. lucky to, to have the, 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 the means and to have Mary Lupo, of course. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, I think, Mary, I'm going to be up, like, uh, picking up my son. She goes, I won't be home, but I'll leave the house unlocked. Awesome. How great is that? Like, <laughs> you know, that, but, you know that, that's that like pretty incredible. So I actually changed that. when I was coming because I, I didn't want to just go and see the lake. I wanted to meet her. Right. 
so I, I, you know, I, I changed the days I was coming, but it's like, you know, that's pretty amazing. And I love Absolutely. like the history she found out about Suego. Yeah. Well, I love the whole thing that like th- th- there was a family, the Conklins, and there was a family, yep. you know, the Tylers, and that's right? why it's Tyler Hill and Conklin Hill. It's like, oh, of course that's the case, but like you never really they were sort of put two and two together. and shot each other with <laughs> shotguns. It's like Hatfields and McCoys oh, awesome, kind of man. thing, right? Oh, and, right? and who was it that found something about somebody drowning in Swego Lake? That was Mary, really? I think. What was that? That was Mary. Yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody drowned. I think it was a Conklin kid. Really? Yeah, it was like a Swego. It's one of the comments. And it was like way early on. And it's like, could you imagine if we knew that when we were kids, the scary stories we would have told people? That was a great Cropsy like, prelude, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was actually someone who drowns in that lake. Right. Who was named Conklin. Or, or supposedly Hill. drowned. I think that she faked her death. But did now she, she holds Did she produce any credible news sources for this? She did. She had a news story, like the newspaper story from, like, you know, the Galilee Tribune. Fuck. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, I'm it was so reckless on that lake. I re. I'm glad I made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, I love that lake. It's funny. Like, our, our, if it wasn't called Swago, and it, we talked to Timmy about this too. Like, how did Swago become the name of of the lake? And he wasn't quite sure. But it's weird that we weren't called Conklin Hill. Like, you would think if it was just generic, that like Tyler Hill name. was, we would have been be Conklin a good Hill name for a camp too, though. Where'd you go, Con- Conklin, Conklin Hill? Hill would have been cool. Nice name. I yeah. like it. I'm better with Swago, but... Me too. Well, especially now that swag has become yeah. such a term. When I say Swago <laughs> to most people, they're like, can you spell that? They don't seem to... It doesn't do resonate immediately. To, it's crazy. That yeah, it's I agree. How do you not know how to spell Swago? It's like there's no Y in there. it's Maybe. a weird name. Swago? Like uh, Swago? I don't know. There's not a lot... Like Swago, and nobody gets it. But, um, but you think it should mean something, because then there's Swatona. So if they're both prefixed with the SWA, there should be some me. meaning. Swago feels more... Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, just winged it. It's weird, you know. I love it now. It's, it's all swagged out. <laughs> What's Can't that, bitch? Swaggy. It's it like you could, you know, you could Google, you could Google her at Swago Pond, and it shows up. It's the like, official name of the. Oh, place. that's true. It wasn't just Dave proclaiming it as such. It was an actual, you know, it geographical is, name. It is, but if you go like Google Swago, nothing comes up for Swago. It's like there's very little that's related to the word Swago. It's true. Or Swatono, well, like they're Indian names. Is that we don't even know? What is the, <laughs> don't even, I don't think what they is are. The history of our our yes, camp's Timmy, names. He wasn't quite sure, but Swago, I, like Mitch said, Swago. Like, what's the word for heart in Lenape or something? Like I that, did the same thing. <laughs> that sounds like Google, a nice answer, but I don't think that's Google really Translate. The case. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's heart in Lenape. Heart into Iroquois. <laughs> yeah, here I found it. It's um, 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 Hezediah Conklin, son of Simon Bush and Clarissa Tyler Conklin. Ta- Clarissa um, Tyler Conklin. Into marriage, yeah, there was some oh, intermarriage, man. I'm telling you, it was very ancestral shit. Um, what was it's, it's on, the, on the Facebook thing. Um, I seen and drowned in Swago Pond on June 21st, 1874, according to the Wayne That's County right. Herald. Okay. That's a real. And he was buried in Conklin Hill Cemetery. She didn't have a buddy. He didn't. He never buddy. <laughs> but, so. That's funny. And, the and Conklins and the Tylers were all like they, they were the, that was each it. other. Like the Roosevelts and, and the uh, I don't know. Give me another. I don't know. The 18th Roosevelt's. century dynasty. <laughs> the Vanderbilts. The Vanderbilts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and like David Allen has a picture of Hezediah Conklin's grave. <laughs> oh, it's Hezediah David to bring up the. I was gonna name my son Hezediah. Hezediah, that is a, awesome. My parents should name me because it's an H. They could have gone with Hezediah. It sounds like there wasn't a single person there that was a Jew. 
<laughs> and all the Jews came in and took their land. Took their Julys and Augusts <laughs> away. Oh well. Yeah. That's funny. What a what a interesting like just you know you lose sight of the fact that there's a there's a history and there's an ancestry to like that whole place. Of course, right? It's crazy. Mitch, yeah. how'd you wind up at Swigga? Um, there was who was it? Stephen Brickman. Oh, I, mean, I love Brickman. He was my counselor. Love I love corned beef and, and Robin Trower. I could shoot. Yeah, Robin Trower. <laughs> he could shoot the ball too. He was a good ball player. Man, love yeah. pastrami so, too. So Brickman lived around the corner from me. You're a Brooklyn guy. Yeah. All right. Nice. So. Uh, and I, I think my dad knew somebody who told Brickman's family about it, and then um, I wound up there. But uh, and and I was eight years old. I remember the first, I went to the bus, and I sat down, and this other kid sat down next to me. And this lady came on the bus and started saying, "Mitchell, I want you to have a good time." And I'm looking at her and saying yes, and the kid next to me is saying yes. And she gets off the bus, and I go, "Who is that?" And and he goes. That was my mother. And I go, why is she calling you Mitchell? And he goes, because that's my name. So it's Mitchell Denier. Well, I don't know if you guys remember. No, I, do. I, I, don't I remember the name. I remember the name, though. Like, that's one of those ones I've seen graffiti at the very least and know it from other things. And he was, like, in my bunk for about, like, five, six years. All right. All right. So. Ah, so it's a school friend kind of thing? Uh, no, it was just like I met him on the bus to camp. I'd never seen him before. Well, well, okay. Well, how did you? Um, maybe I missed it. How did you actually show up at Swago? Like, what was the sort of nexus to get you there in the first place? Brickman. Brickman. All right. And how were you friends with Brickman? Families were friends. Gotcha. All right. Duh. All right. Are you still talk to Steve? I haven't seen Steve in a long time. Somebody posted a video. Of, somebody posted a video of him. I found him, and it sounded just like him. Right. Exactly. And, and, and it had, it had to be what him. There was saying? a restaurant that he runs. I don't know, in Colorado, maybe. Well, or let me look this up. Is it, on, is it in Facebook? And he's got like re, he's got like the Robin Trower album. It's like on the wall. It's like, and he's serving corned beef and pastrami. It's like it's, it's exactly. If I had to guess, you know, based on my limited knowledge of what That's Steve hysterical. Brickman is doing, he's doing That's exactly hysterical. what I would guess. So that it's was like a rock and rock and roll pastrami. I'll find it later. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's good shit, man. So, no, that was good. It's like, and you know what? It's it's. And I was thinking about this. My first color war. Like, um, um, Burl Gottlieb was one of the color war leaders. Oh, nice. And it was a color war that was decided by four points. Really? They told you the actual four. score? I don't remember ever hearing yeah, specific I remember, scores. Yeah, I remember like we're, we're there, and color war was like going back and forth all the time of like who was in charge. And Dave gets up, and he goes, you know, this is one of the closest color wars ever. Um, the winners, he said, I wish I could call it a tie. And it was um, only have. a four-point difference. And, um, you know, it's like your first color war. You don't have to tell it. Like, you know, right. it was just You don't have to be that close. Like, yeah, for it to be that close. Only one. Yeah, I think... It's funny. I was looking back at my color wars because I couldn't remember how many did I win versus. I, I think I was like four and one. I was actually pretty successful at color war. I feel like it was a winner. Yeah. Well, we won as leaders. That's like that's the key that's thing. It's the right? only one that matters is the leader one. You want that? You want to be able to jump in your sweater and, and go. Yeah. Now, like when you guys go to girls' camp, you remember that? Say Which that one again? is that? Like you were tapped to be a leader. I do. Oh, that's I a story. I don't know. I, if... I remember. It's, it was a whole story with Howie. So I was tapped. I'll tell it quickly. <laughs> Should I tell it or no? Yeah, tell the story. I'll tell man. it in one minute because we've told it before. I wasn't supposed are. to be tapped. So um, we were all tapped. Five of us were sitting in Dave's house, and we're, he, we're like, where's the sixth? And they, he and Coach Nass were like, well, who do you think it is? And five of us said, Howie Bender. 
Mm-hmm. And they, you know, Coach Nask, Dave gave a look at each <laughs> other because they clearly had picked someone else and they had selected Jeff Gottlieb. And understandably, Jeff Gottlieb, uh, uh, you know, a citizen of Swago and his family, a great and he's guy. He's gone on to serve right? in the armed forces. Yeah, know, so. really. Like, so he <laughs> proved he proved <laughs> them wrong. People to have done that, he would have been like low on the list to predict that. So Jeff was like, I don't know where he was, and you know what? He Jeff, was doing a radio Jeff show. says he listens to it out in, Korea, I know. in South he's Korea. Get this too. So please tell us. Apparently he was like out in the woods. I don't no, know he, was he was doing a radio show. Okay, he was on doing a radio show. <laughs> he was doing WSGO, ironically, and they couldn't find him. And I guess, <laughs> I guess, our the five of us saying that Howie was like swayed them, and they changed their mind midstream <laughs> and went out and gave Howie the tap. It's the most, you know. I I'm fe- sorry. I feel Jeff. so. I feel so honored. I love this man, but I know you but did get dicked, Gottlieb. I'm did. just gonna say. But then it goes on to be like time. whatever he is in the army, like a higher up, and I feel like it's like I love watching. Th- I love reading his posts. He's, on Facebook. he's brilliant. Yeah. He's a brilliant guy. Smart guy, and you know, like just serving the country. Is, I, I know. You know, just an amazing thing, but. Just it's, don't trust him on the Apache relay. Hey, it's Jeff Gottlieb, I know you listen to the podcast. So, Get it, man. Um, you've never can you can you call in, Gots? Like we would love for you. Can you Skype in or something from South Korea? Because we would love to have you on. Um, anyway, let's get back to our current guest. We would. So yeah, there's that, there's my cool. there's my tap story. But let's hear yours. Yeah, I was trying because um, we were going to go on a senior trip. So I think we went to Hershey. And so it's getting like right close to the Hershey trip, and we knew it had to come out before the trip. And if I'm remembering correctly, it might have not been Freddie, but in my memory, it's from Freddie. Like we're walking around, I heard Freddie like screaming happy. <laughs> Freddie's coming across very well on this podcast. <laughs> and I, I really like Freddie. No, you, like, yeah. might not have been him, but um, so Les comes up to me. Les Miller. Les Miller. The that quintessential goes, senior group leader, I think. You know. Oh, like absolutely great. He went to my high school. <laughs> All right. And, uh, and Les goes, look, because I'm going to tell you something, and you can't react out loud. <laughs> and then I tell you, you're going to stand here. And I Stoic. Said, and, and I thought he was going to tell me I'm not getting a sweater. Right. I thought, I thought right. That's what it was. sounds like. And he goes, and then he just touched my shoulder, and I'm like, what? He goes, you're tapped. I'm like, wow. He goes, okay. He said, and evidently, like if it was Freddie, he like got tapped, screamed in happiness, and ran up to Dave's house. <laughs> he goes, "You're gonna go. You're gonna go behind the social hall. You're gonna go around the golf course." Right, right. It was this, like sort of like obscure path he had to take to get to Dave's house. Right, so it took like 20 minutes to get there, and by the time I was there, I was ready for like a shower and a nap. But the funny thing is, it's still Dave's house, which is like in the center of the camp, and like you could just be sort of on main campus looking at, it. oh, there, there goes Mitch Baum walking into Dave's house. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it it's right. like, yeah thanks, thanks, thanks for the slyness on the. Uh, I'm going around through the golf course. Tough, tough, that discretion <laughs> when you're walking right into the main <laughs> middle center of, of middle Swago. camp off the road, right? And, and then, and then we were in there, and um, you know, Dave said, "We well, all know why you're here." We said, "Yeah." He goes, "And you're wondering what uh, what teams you're going to be on?" And he said, "Yeah." He goes, "You guys happen to sit on the teams you're on." So I was sitting with Goldstein and and, and Doug. Probably wasn't even true. He's like, whatever sides <laughs> they all sit on. Dave we'll sorts it out. That's a Dave's little thing. So um, we we had um, we we're going on the trip, and we, we decided we we needed. To, and this is why I think we won color war. Um, like we were busy scouting, like what what kids are good with, you know, and what teams are good scouting. And and I think it was Doug <laughs> said, "I'm not going on the trip." 
Why, oh shit! That's wait, bold. why? Because I he wanted that. to make sure that he was going to pick everybody. He wanted correctly. to scout the teams instead of going away on yeah, a senior he, trip. He, he said, "I'm hanging back." To pick Ostr- that's Doug Ostrover. That's Doug Ostrover. Awesome, Doug and he was Ostrover. A, that's a lieutenant. I remember like him. That. He had the very interesting. He was a very specific-looking person, Doug Ostrover. Does that make sense? No, he had the sort of bushyish hair part in the middle. Was it bushy? I felt like it was molded more. Nah. No? Mitch, what do you think? All right, keep going, Mitch. Keep going. It it depended on the year. (laughs) After Color War, like the next summer, he was into like bodybuilding and he had like long hair. Right, he was was a big dude. He the door off of a Chevy. But he he was in a camp that summer. And then two years later, I was like in a bar and all of a sudden Ostrover's there. Well, I'm looking at him on Google right now. It seems to have changed quite a bit, but uh, I assume I got the right bitch. Yeah, well, none of us look like we did that. Fair enough, but <laughs> Mitch, I hope this one isn't you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway. Let me see what I look like if you Google me. No, 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 no. He's only gone. He's only gone Ostrover, I think. Just Ostrover, not you, Mitch. Yeah. Not you, Ostrover. You look handsome as a devil. <laughs> We've Googled you. Well, there's we, quite you, a few. You don't get on the ski There's quite a few pre-Google. pictures coming up. I have no idea which one. None of these seem that like. That looks like him, though. No, in the second row, right there. That yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah that's no. what I would figure is Mitch Baum. Let's see. Let me look at your LinkedIn. I'll see if we got the right yeah, my guy. My LinkedIn one is like uh, pretty scruffy pretty beard. Yeah, you're doing the scruff thing on the, on the LinkedIn. Changed. Are you scruffy on LinkedIn? Um, let's see. <laughs> no, on LinkedIn, someone took the picture at work and they retouched it. All right. LinkedIn doesn't load at all. LinkedIn well. sucks. LinkedIn's the worst. <laughs> yeah. But, Is that uh, the one we're loading here slowly on my high speed internet? I love when somebody tells me they looked at my profile. It's like, yes. Yeah. I don't But know. have they admired yeah, so, it? So Doug stayed back and we, 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 um, <laughs> like we picked teams and we knew we had good teams. And, and you know, that, that's such a big deal. Like, no one's going to pick. Because, um, like, Ruben and, and, and Freddie and David Ruben, um, like, for two of their picks, Freddy. they picked the team we didn't want. They, they picked the team we didn't want. Oh, okay. So that's so you good. Say, that's a good thing, I think you're saying, right? Couldn't you just as easily pick the team you want? Yeah, so we wound up with, like, most of the teams we wanted. Oh, okay. Okay. And, it, and then it, was funny <laughs> it worked out for you. Pat Switzer, remember him? Of yeah, course. That guy once chased me into the lake. I must have pissed him off, and he... I ran away from him and jumped into the lake, and he came swimming after me. I thought he was going to drown. Along me. with Les Miller, one of the more physically imposing characters at Swago. Was and he an asshole, or did Hawkeye. I just think that because I thought he was trying to kill me? Yeah. Well, Scott Switzer and I like rode before before like like halfway through the summer. We rode a Razor. Okay. Because we're just like bored and hanging out. So with you were him. just setting it up for. Hey, color man, want to ride a Razor? Let's do some pre Razor. It was time to pick the counselor teams. Um, like we had agreed, if we weren't on the same team. Neither of us could use it. All right. So it's time to pick the counselor See, that's, teams. I really that's, want, you know, that's, very, that's so Swago. Like, let's write a razor, but only if we're on the same team do we use it. Agreed. Like, that's it. perfect. You know, it's like you know, were hanging out at the canteen one night. and, and um, Why not? Why not? So we wrote and we said, well, now what do we do? So we agreed, you know, unless we're on the same team, we can't use it. He was never a camper, was he? I don't no. think so, no. I, no. He was always like an older kid. Like an he scared counselor. me to death. He was. He went to Cornell, and um, one he? year he, he played um, Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof at Cornell. Oh, I didn't know he. Had <laughs> I'm sorry, Rick, Ricky Lorber owns night. that role. Like, I didn't know he had acting chops. <laughs> yeah. on, on opening night, like the curtain rose, <laughs> and like you know the Scott opening Switch monologue. Scott Switzer's Tevye. 
He, he did the opening monologue, a Riddler on the Foof. But in our little Chavana Tepper, you cite me, every one of us, is a Riddler on, and he had the whole opening monologue mixed in words. That's awesome. I love that, man. That's fucking said, funny. That's the power. Rolling on the floor laughing and had to bring down the curtain and start again. And he said after that, he was never allowed in another performance at Cornell. Hysterical. Um, but at Swago, you can be in anything you want. <laughs> Listen, senior play. A Riddler on the Foof. A Riddler on the Foof. Oh well, I just remember that dude with a hockey stick. Like, like uh, somehow, right, like the Swago, right. like you know, ten-inch ten squat Switzer doll would have this hockey stick with him. Uh, but who was it when they had like the like one of the first years the hockey rink was open? It was like David Barron. He got like impaled with a hockey stick. <laughs> I think David Barron had one, and there was a Scott Scott Benatar. Oh, had a bad knee. I remember knee. Benatar. He, he had, had a his bad, knee ripped up. He had his knee it? ripped up as a goalie, I think, in, in soccer. I don't know if you noticed, Mitch, but hockey became like almost the de facto, de facto top sport at every single camp. It became huge. The, the Gordon Cup is the Wayne County hockey it's tournament. It's no longer it's about basketball. It became about hockey. Get some great jerseys, too, man. Looks good. Yeah, it makes Kevin Lieberwitz happy. <laughs> I know. Nick Fatio. And Mangeluzzo. And Mangeluzzo, too. And Mangeluzzo. I'm going to step away for a sec here. <laughs> I'm leaving you with, yeah. in Moaz's hands. He's a trustworthy hand. But it was like, um, yeah, there was that. There was, um, um, there was a kid. I'm trying to remember. There was only like one year. He got hit on the head on a pillow fight. <laughs> he got knocked out. Really, from a pillow? Yeah, in my bunk. And it's, it's like, um, we carried him up to the infirmary. I have a weird memory of this. Actually, I sort of remember you carrying a kid up to the infirmary, like at night. Did it happen at yeah. night? Yeah, it was myself and this British counselor. I forget his name. Okay, I swear and, to God, um, I have a. Uh, this sort of resonates a little bit for me. What year is this? And like he was sort of knocked out. He stood up and he was like wobbling, like he was drunk. All right. And and um, like we got him up there, and they like his eyes were sort of rolling in his head, <laughs> and they took his pulse and it was high and it was low, and they're getting ready to take him to um, the hospital and they brought over the doctor from Swatona because she was a neurologist or something. <laughs> Thank God, man. Let's bring over Swat's doctor. Yeah, and it turns out it was just like an inner ear trauma, so it was incredibly dizzy. Okay. But, um, you know, that was like really spooky. You know what? I had a similar situation in 83. One of my kids, they were sort of just goofing around like at night and uh, fell off a of bed and like his, his head like you know, hit something and it, and it was bleeding pretty bad and I had to carry the kid up to the infirmary and there's no more dire time, I guess, as a counselor or a group leader and some kid is injured and you're, you're taking them to the infirmary. That, that, that in-transit time to get them to the doctor yeah. is like, all right, I'm, I'm totally responsible here. I got I to deal with it properly. Yeah, and, and you feel like such a sense of like parental responsibility. You do. That. You do. You step up a little bit. You're like, all right, I'm going to be as completely you know, serious as possible. You know, grab the kids, throw them over my shoulder, carry them. Because like, we had to do that. There's no other way to get the kid. You know, he's crying hysterically. There's no other way to get him to the infirmary. You just sort of you know, bring him over your shoulder, carry him, say everything's going to be all right. And, the and then when the doctor's there, it takes over. It's like, ah, you know, I'm done. Yeah. And yeah, you're done. Mm. Well, yeah. <laughs> no mouth to mouth or anything like that. So. Uh, there was actually a kid that died in Swago. You know, I remember Blumstein at the, there was a reunion in 89, and he was, you know, he started a speech, and he got very uh, emotional at the end, and he was, it seemed like he was referencing somebody that might have drowned. It, um, there was, I remember I once asked um, Stan Feld if anyone ever died in Swago, and um, he was, like, very incensed that I asked the question. Yeah. And, um, 
but then who was it? It was either Diana Feld or um, Bert Pierce. Okay. I think told me. Yeah, there were like two. One kid got a really bad infection. Oh, really? And died, and somebody else like drowned before Dave owned the camp. Okay. Yeah, I just remember in 89. Like that. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but I remember it. I was like surprised. But then if you think about it, you know, the camp was around so long. There were like 400 kids. Right? I guess uh, are the, you, know, uh, you know, one maybe. Two seems, two seems a little high, though, on the probability scale, I have to be honest, of, of, of kids passing yeah. away. But maybe I'm, you know, weighing it in favor of, you know, it's 2015 as opposed to 1932. You know, maybe if you yeah. get an infection in 1932, things, things are much worse off. We're talking off. infections now. I step away and the guys aren't infected. <laughs> We're talking about people that have died at Suego. Apparently two well, tell me who has died at Suego. <laughs> two campers. Apparently. Drowning, drowning yeah. and an infection. Well, yeah. but I, I remember Dave at the 89 reunion, the referencing the drowning incident, and it seemed as though it happened during his tenure. Because it might have. He, I mean, it was a long time ago, and I probably had 102 fever when they were telling me that. Right. Because I was in the infirmary. Right. But, um, you know, it was, it was uh, kind of weird, yeah, that, that that had happened. Wait, somebody died while camp was going on? Sorry to jump back in here. I know you've been talking. Yeah. yeah. Who was it? Like, what year? I don't know years, but like um, we're we talking the thirties, forties, are we talking like an I think a, so. Contemporary Swago. I think it had to be early on. Um, I, I remember when did you go to the eighty nine reunion, like in New Jersey? There yeah, was a yeah, yeah. Dave got up and spoke for a while, and and he, he went off on a on a tangent and started speaking about some. Uh, it seemed like he was talking about some kid that may have drowned at Swago. I so promise. there was that. He was releasing releasing his guilt, I guess. And uh, Mitch is referencing the fact that there may have been another kid who uh, had an infection and, and, and passed. Yeah, but uh, if I'm remembering it correctly, so. one of them was like before Dave when Dave Kaplan owned the place. Okay. And you know, Dave Kaplan, do you remember like David Cookie? You know, it's like David's Cookies? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, that's like his son. Right. No, we know, we've met him. We've, you know, we've uh, used his We've used his home house <laughs> to, you know, now that we have Mary Lupo, I don't know. But Sheldon had a house in between in Suego be- and Spatona and right. right next to it was the house. The, the Lederman house came Lederman, before Spatona. Yeah, the Lederman family. Lederman, yeah. So any great uh, Spatona loves or, or romances? Nah. <laughs> okay. Any great brother sisters? <laughs> I'm looking. Uh, but it's it's funny. It's like um, like you know like when I was a waiter at a counter and you had all these girls from from the UK. That was fun to hang out with. Yeah, that was a nice cultural. Um, Situation that you sort of got a little bit of taste, especially when you were older, because it's one thing if you just have a British counselor, but then when you're they're your contemporaries, and this is goes back to our counselor year. Yep, it's a whole yeah. different thing, you know. It's like all of a sudden you you you're, you're co-equals, and you know you you know how often do you get a chance to hang out with a guy from another country? Yeah, especially, actually, especially when them. Was, one year I went to England, and I hooked, and I I I, um, I forget who it was like one of my old counselors was in London, and I and we we you know, got to see each other in London. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of cool. Yeah, we, we did, did the same that too. Thing. Yeah, we, we went to thing. London and we hung out for. We spent like four or five days with, went with Rupert. See, went to go see a little Shakespeare, a little Richard III. Oh, absolutely, a little Richard III. Man, you can't pass that shit up in Britain. You know what I'm saying? We were in yeah. the back and row. The I think we were in the back cool. row of like a hot the fucking summer? theater, man. Did you ever like, have any shit. British councils come and hang? Not at my. No, not not with. We not just went to back them. Back in my place, we went to them. We hung out with them. 
We, Alan and I, I went guess. in 84, we uh, sort of did the Ural Europe thing, and uh, when we were in Britain, we, we stayed with the guy like who was a counselor. We spent, like, Stratford-on-Avon, that's where his family was from. It was, it was great. It was, we did authentic. That night, like, at his, at his sister's house, that cottage in the hills. Oh, my God, that was <laughs> that was just, like, straight out of a Shakespearean... I know. ...or whatever. It was Straight beautiful. out of, you know what I mean? I gotcha. Hey, Mitch... We got to yeah. we got to we got to close up shop and run, man. But you you were fantastic. You, you know, so a lot of laughs, a lot on, of memories. That Swago energy is running. I appreciate it. It's so great talking to you guys. All right, Good. let's do it again soon. My pleasure. Thanks. All right, no more, my friend. Peace. Easy, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Loved it. So on that note, moi, I think that we've had a beautiful show here, haven't we? Oh, not? wait. Just hang on what, a second. What the fuck are you doing with this? I'm sorry. I, I stopped the recording. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Oh, stop recording. Well, we're not recording. Not recording. <laughs> well, it's not recording. All right, we're back live. I oh, we're impulsively stopped the camera, but so I forgot our, you know, at this moment was the epilogue or the prologue. Far <laughs> from hustling city splendor on a mountainside stands a camp by all admired. Boyhood shrine. Look over there, boys. City Splendor. Can <laughs> we love? Swago mine stands for air in your mountain home. May your sons for air be. Where they roll. Good night, everybody. Roam easy, y'all.